Welcome to Passion Life Church. Would you bow your heads this morning? Let's just pray as we get into God's message today. Father, we thank you again for your word. You've given us so many gifts, the gift of your son, but you've also given us the gift of your word on this Easter. And so Lord, speak to us today, not just by your word, but by your spirit. And everybody said, amen. Well, that wasn't everybody. Let's try that again. Everybody said, amen. Amen. I'm going to speak to you on the subject today that I've entitled three days to resurrection. I'm going to speak to you this morning, then we're going to say a prayer, and then we're going to head out to all the festivities, and you're going to have a great, great, great day. But I want to share with you my favorite Easter message, and it takes place in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. And it says this, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? In you. He lives in you. Let me explain this just for a minute. See, the scripture is telling us that when I become a child of God, that when I ask Jesus to be a part of my life, that the same power, this is pretty powerful, the same power, the same amount of power that it would take to raise Jesus from the dead is available to you and to me. And you know what else? That power wasn't just for Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life. Well, everybody say that with me. Say life. life. Isn't that what we all love? Isn't that why we do some of the things we do? Because you know what we're looking for? We're looking for Life. We want life. He says he will give you life to your mortal bodies. In other words, he will give life to the dead areas in our life. The dead areas. And can I just be honest? We all have dead areas in our lives. Some of us in this room, we have dreams that are just dead. I remember growing up, I had such an imagination of, I remember I used to sit in chemistry class because chemistry class was so exciting. And I used to sit there and dream of what I would do when I grow up. I would dream. And you know, as we grow up, a lot of times we can lose our imagination and we can lose the dreams that we once had. And you know, God wants to resurrect the dead areas of our lives. And that same spirit lives in you. Let me tell you what that means. What that means today for us is that God just doesn't want us to celebrate Easter. He wants us to experience Easter. He wants to experience the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. Not just a celebration, but an experience every day that that spirit will live inside of us. Let's look at it again. Romans chapter eight, verse 11, it says, and just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same living spirit within you. Notice God didn't give you a little mini me, Holy Spirit. He gave you the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And that's really our hope today. Our hope today is that this isn't just a celebration. But let me just say this. He deserves a celebration. Jesus on his own this day, he deserves 
that celebration. He does. It's all about him. But you know what? God never intended for it just to be a one-day event in our life. He meant for that spirit to live on the inside of us every day, even on Monday morning. I got four amens on that. I guess everybody else loves Monday. I think I'm just the awkward one then. I said his spirit is still as powerful even on Monday morning. Not just Friday night. Come on, somebody. I'm going to do a little Taylor Swift and shake, shake up here. Is that okay? Because if you don't amen me, I have been known to amen myself and get beside myself and say, go, Pastor Phil, because you're preaching a good word. So God intended for his resurrection power to come into the dead areas of our life. And I wonder if today, if I were to ask you, what are the dead areas of your life? Maybe it's a dead dream. What if it's a dead relationship? What if it's a dead marriage? What if it's a dead job that maybe Jesus and his power can come into your life and give it life? And you know what? That's what this day is all about. This day is about filling in that gap, filling in the gap from the places or from the person that you want to be to the person that you could be from the life that you're now living to the life that you could live he's gonna fill in that gap and here's the reality we all know this we all have this mentality that we say man I think life could just be a little bit more has anyone thought that before you're just like man I know that there is more to this life than what I'm experiencing and you know what it is true and what happens is when we try to change that ourselves without God we're just totally unsuccessful but you know what that's what he does he will fill in the gap from where you are to where you need to be, from the life you have, from the great life that he has for you. And I'm going to be honest, this is something real near and dear to my heart because what I've realized is that's kind of how I see church. I see church as a process to get from where I was to where I need to be. As a matter of fact, it's steps. God works in steps. Yeah, he does miracles all the time, but most of the time in our life, he's going to move us from A to B to C. And let me just encourage you. Maybe today you're just coming back to church. You haven't been to church. Maybe today you're just stepping into church for the very first time and you're like, man, Phil, I'm at letter A. That's okay. Maybe you've tried to move yourself to B to C to D, but I got to tell you this. It's okay to be at A because God will help you move forward from this day forward. That's the kind of God that we serve. Come on, give him a great round of applause. He's good. That's how we see church here at Passion Life Church, as a process, as steps. And so there's more to this life that we're currently experiencing. And there's currently more than what you see. God has a great vision for your life. And The truth be known, only God can fill in that gap from who you are to who he wants you to be. And I see the whole Bible that way. Actually, when I read the Bible, I see process, I see steps. And even in the resurrection of Jesus, I see steps and I see process. And, you know, whenever I speak, I love highlighting this. And even as we look at the Easter story, here's the question of today. Why three days? Why didn't Jesus just die on Friday and resurrect on Saturday? How many of you know he could have done that if he wanted to? He could have, but he didn't. 
It took him three days. And why? And you know one of the reasons that I know why? Because even in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he's showing us steps and process. Would you say that with me? Would you say steps and process? Come on, say it again. Steps and process. And so Jesus had a gap between Friday and Sunday. And for us, we may have that gap between who we want to be and who we actually are. And so let's look at this because in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, in the Friday, in the Saturday, and Sunday of Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection, he is going to teach us something through every day. And maybe you're going to find yourself in one of these days. Look at what 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 says. It says this. It says, this is the kind of life you're invited to. This is the kind of life I'm inviting you to, but God's inviting you to. The kind of life Christ lived. He suffered everything so that came his way. And so, so this went through Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So you could know that it could be done and also know how to do it. And what are those last words? Step by step. So we're going to learn something in, about Friday. We're going to learn something about Saturday. And we're going to learn something about Sunday. They all teach us something. It's a step. It's a journey. Let's go on this journey. Let's look at Friday. For Friday, we call it Good Friday. But how many of you know it wasn't good for Jesus? It was great for us, but it was the day of torture. It was the day that they were pulling out his beard. Come on, I cry like a little girl even when I cut myself shaving. Come on, somebody. I'm like, ah! my wife is like, what happened? Did you see a spider? No, I cut myself shaving. And she could let me look at that. And it's like this small, it's like microscopic. But they were pulling out his beard with their hands, beating him with clubs. And the Bible tells us that he was scourged. You know, many theologians call that the half death, where they actually took pieces of bottle and stone and put it and whipped him and it tore off flesh from his back. And then we call that Good Friday. Because it wasn't good for him, but it was good for us. Jesus experienced pain. And if I had to define Friday, I would define Friday as the day of pain. The day of pain. You say, Phil, why is this important? Let me tell you why it's important. Because in the day of pain, I like to say it this way, Jesus was wounded. And in his day of pain, what he wanted to do is he wanted to experience the day of pain so he could help you through your day of pain. See, the reality of it is, is that many of us in this room, we got dressed up today and we came in with a smile on our face. We even had a cupcake in the lobby. And you know what? We're in pain. See, there's people in here that you're in Friday. You're in Friday today. You're in the day of pain. You're wounded. Something happened. But let me just tell you, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4, that surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did 
esteem him smitten of God, afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Would you say that? Would you say wounded? Come on, say it loud. Say wounded. Notice he didn't do anything wrong. He was wounded for our transgressions. We're the one that did that. It says he was wounded for our transgressions and his was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of his peace was upon us. And by his stripes, we are healed. You know, in the Hebrew, the Old Testament of the Bible is written in Hebrew. Do you know that the word wounded means this? It means to become sick, to become diseased. Do you know that Jesus became sick on Friday so you could be whole? He took stripes on his back and his blood was shed and he was wounded so you could be whole. And you know, he became sick. And I thought about this, you know, there's a lot of types of pain that Jesus endured that I think that sometimes we don't even talk about. Let's look at some of the types of pain here that he endured. He endured physical pain. I mean, that's the obvious. We know we've seen the movie. We've seen what Hollywood has tried to do. And yet some of us here today, you're in pain in your body. I mean, you're in real pain, but you need to understand something. Jesus totally gets it. You know why? Because he was wounded and he had pain. You know, I think something that's not talked about a lot is that the emotional pain that Jesus went through. Do you know the Bible says he was despised and rejected? I wonder today how many of us are dealing with rejection. You know, for me, growing up, I've never met my real father. Uh, My mom, when my real father found out she was pregnant, he left. And I didn't know how that would affect me as a teenager. It was tough. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Actually, when I was 14, I found out that I was adopted. My dad, my adopted dad was on the phone and he was talking about signing some papers. And he said, yes, we're going to sign those papers. And I thought, cool, we're getting a new puppy. We're signing some papers. Man, we're getting a dog. Yes. We're so excited about that. And then I found out that those papers that we were signing or my dad was signing is because I was being adopted. And I didn't know that rejection would play a whole part in my life and never having the opportunity to meet my real dad. But you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced betrayal, maybe at work or maybe even in family. I think sometimes with family, it's the toughest when you experience betrayal. Can I hear a good amen on that? It's tough. But can you think about this for a moment? Judas betrayed Jesus for 32 pieces of silver. And the dude walks in the Garden of Gethsemane, walks up to Jesus, kisses him on the cheek, and puts a knife right in his back. Stabs Jesus right in the back. And he didn't even take it out. He's just like, mm, there you go, Jesus. I'm stabbing you right back. Betraying you walks away. And you know what? Man, that plays on your emotions. And here's the reality. Some of us here today, our sickness is emotional. I call it the sickness of the soul. What about this type of pain? Relational pain. Do you know that Jesus had some crazy family? How many of you got some crazy family? Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. All right. And I know some of you can't raise your hand because you're sitting next to him. Now, here's the thing. Here's what I've learned. If you don't know who the crazy person in your family is, it's you. I'm just being serious. (laughs) 
But then he had relational pain. Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, and his family was outside going, man, I don't know about that guy, man. He's crazy. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, his own family was just, man, they, they, they thought he was crazy. I, for those of you that are single, man, Jesus walked on the earth. Jesus knows what it's like to be single. And then you always have that one guy, yeah, but Jesus didn't know what it was like to be married. I'm not so sure because the Bible says that we're the bride of Christ and he is the perfect groom. And as the bride of Christ, we, the church, we've been unfaithful. We only come to his house on holidays. We prioritize other stuff during the week. Jesus knows what it's like to be married to even an unfaithful bride that doesn't even prioritize him. And ladies and gentlemen, even with an unperfect bride, Jesus still is faithful to us. He still loves us unconditionally. He's still the perfect groom. And even when you mess up, he reaches out to you because he loves you. Come on, that's a good word. Can you give him a great round of applause? Phil, why are you going through all of this? Because some of us today, we are in pain. We are in Friday of life. And look what Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says. It says, and we know that all things work together for the good, for those who love God, to those who are called according to the, his purpose. In other words, because people say, what do I do with this pain? Let me just tell you what God can do. God can Flip your pain around and he can take your pain and he can flip it around. I like to say this, there is no pain that his purpose cannot redeem. Ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you today, I went through a lot of pain with my dad and I would never want anyone to go through that. But I will tell you this, Jesus coming into my life has showed me a true father, Father God, who is perfect. And what did he do? He took my pain. And today I can stand on a stage healed and whole and helped you walk through your pain. Why? Because Jesus took my pain and turned it into purpose. And that's what he can do. Come on, somebody. You got a story to tell. There's no pain that his purpose cannot redeem. Now, some of us are in Friday, but some of us are in Saturday. Now I gotta tell you, Saturday can be a little more intense because if Friday is about, man, pain and wounding, Saturday is about waiting. See, the disciples weren't on Saturday going, all right guys, let's do the countdown, 15 minutes to resurrection. Here we go on Saturday. The disciples weren't doing that. As a matter of fact, what happens in Saturday, nobody likes to wait. And I got to tell you, what happens in Saturday is we can become confused. Just think about it. I mean, the guy that they, they followed for three and a half years, they gave up their life to follow him. He died on Friday. 
And now they're confused. And what's funny, they weren't, not only were they confused, they actually forgot what he said. Because Jesus said he's going to resurrect on Sunday in the third day. But they totally forgot. Isn't that kind of what happens when we're waiting on a promise from God? And we know God's word is true, but we're in Saturday and we're waiting. And we forget what he says. As a matter of fact, some of the disciples even went back to their old lives on Saturday. And that's usually what happens. When you do not see a vision of the future, you know what happens? You go back to your past. And so many of the disciples went back to their ordinary lives. And see, some people, here's what happens when they start getting confused. People can do crazy things when they get confused because we want answers. That's the reality. I want to know on Saturday what's going on. Can somebody please help me understand? And some of you today... You're in Saturday. You're confused about this whole God thing. You want to know why. You want to understand the why of why is this. And I got to tell you in a very loving way, there's some things that you're only going to find out when you get to heaven. You know, I was on my way to one of our small groups, and I got a phone call from my mom I was just driving with my family. We have Bluetooth in our truck. And so she's on the speaker and we're talking. She's like, hey, what are you doing? I said, hey, I'm just driving. She goes, well, I got to let you know something. And I said, sure. I said, we're on our way to our meeting. I don't have a lot of time. She said, but I want to let you know that your real dad that you've never met passed away in September. And we just found his obituary. And honestly, guys, I didn't even know his last name. I said, what was his last name? And my mom said it. And she goes, I just thought I would tell you. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a very transparent pastor, just very real. I didn't know what to feel. I mean, how do you feel about somebody you never met and they passed away, but they're supposed to have such a significant part of your life? And I always told people, because I preached this before about forgiveness. If I, somebody asked them, well, do you want to go looking for him? And if you want to go, what would you say? said, the first thing I would say is I forgive you. I had to forgive someone that I never met. Never met. Caused so many problems in my life. And here's the question. You want to talk about why? I want to know why he left. I want to know what if my life would have been different if he would have stayed? What if my life would have been totally better if he would have stayed? I want to know why. And, you know, I thought at least if I got to meet him, some of those answers would have been presented to me. But, ladies and gentlemen, I never got that moment. But I pray to God today that somebody told him about the gospel of Jesus Christ so one day I can meet him in heaven when we go to heaven. Come on, somebody. But I just want you to look at me this morning. Faith doesn't always understand the whys. The disciple didn't know where is he? Why do we feel this way? But let me just tell you this. While you're waiting, God is working. See, when he went through the wounding, he went through the wounding because he wanted to experience what you would experience. But in the waiting, when the disciples didn't know where he was, guess what he was doing? He was working on their behalf. He was overcoming death, hell, and the grave for them. But they didn't know why. And I got to tell you, some people get stuck 
in why. Somebody sent me this little email. It's so funny. It's talked about the whys of life. And it talked about, don't you want to know why? Don't you want to know why the word abbreviation is such a long word? Don't you want to know why sheep don't shrink when it rains? Don't you want to know why the day that is slowest in traffic, they call it rush hour? Don't you want to know why the guy that invests all your money is called a broker? Don't you want to know why they're called apartments when they're all stuck together? Don't you want to know why? Don't you want to know why if flying is so safe, they call the airport the terminal? Some of you will get these later. Just download the podcast. We just want to know why. But here's what happens. In Saturday, we begin to doubt. We begin to doubt. One of the disciples, actually, he got the name Doubting Thomas. We begin to doubt. We get confused. Remember, Thomas actually told Jesus, he said this, I want to see the nails in your hands. And here's what happens. If you don't come to a place today, you are going to get stuck in your journey. And truth be known, doubt hasn't helped you out at all. Me doubting, I could spend my whole life trying to figure out what happened between me and my mom and my dad. And you know what it would do to me, ladies and gentlemen? I would be stuck. And so we have to have faith that there's a God that when we don't understand, he's working. Here's another thing that happens when we doubt. We begin to feel alone. We begin to feel alone. You know, we feel abandoned. Can you imagine the disciples? Where is this Jesus? Where is he? Well, we know that he was working. But let me just tell you this. If there's purpose in our pain, Jesus is working while we wait. And when you feel alone, can I just encourage you today, when you're going through what you're going through, don't withdraw from God. So many people do that. As a pastor, I see people and I'm just like, hey, I haven't seen you at church. Man, it's been a couple weeks. What's going on? Oh, man, I'm going through something. When you're going through something, that's when you need God the most. You need him the most. That's when you need to be in church. That's when you need to be around godly people. You need to be around them the most. It's interesting. A guy wrote a psalm. His, not David, but his worship leader, his name was Asaph. And Asaph wrote a song. And in the whole song, he's complaining about the stuff he doesn't understand. And this is what he's saying. He's saying, you know what? The world and the wicked are all prospering. Here, I'm trying to live for you, God. And you're not even, it doesn't even seem like you're helping me out. And you know what? This is what he wrote. Asaph wrote in Psalms 73, verse 16. It says this. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me. Everybody say that with me. Say trouble. It troubled me deeply. Listen, look at me for a second. He said the more I tried to understand it, the more depressed I got. How many of you know your mind can keep wondering and wondering and wondering and wondering? And I remember telling the Lord, God. What if my dad would have stuck around? My life could have been better. You know what the Lord told me? He said, well, what if your dad stuck around and your life got worse? 
See, what happens in the why, we wonder why, what's going on? And Asaph says, when I tried to understand it all, I got more depressed, look at verse 17, till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood. In other words, he said, in these confusing moments, if you're in a Saturday, draw close to God. You may not get answers, but here's what you're gonna get. Asaph said, when I draw close to God, I felt safe again. See, when I drew close to God, my father, I felt safe again. I felt complete again. I felt complete again. So let me just tell you, if you're in the Friday of life, there's no pain that his purpose cannot redeem. And if you're in the Saturday of life, there's no confusion that his presence cannot calm. Let me say that again. There's no confusion that his presence cannot calm. Come on, can you give him a great round of applause? Listen, God wants you to get to Sunday. God wants you to get to Sunday because here's what Sunday represents. Sunday represents the day of resurrection. And my church family today, Sunday, yeah, I thought you'd get a little more happy about resurrection. I said Sunday is the day of resurrection. That's where dead things, that's where dead things come to life. So if Friday is the day of wounding, if Saturday is the day of waiting, Sunday is the day of winning. It's the day of winning. And I believe some of you are just one sunrise away from a resurrection. See, that's good preaching. But let me just say this. Not everybody's moved by preaching. And today as we close, I wanted to just bring a story to you about some people, real life people in our church who came to a Saturday moment. But their Saturday lasted for seven years. This is John and Vanessa's testimony. Just take a moment as we close, watch this, and then we'll end with a prayer. Check out John and Vanessa's testimony today. Hi, I am John Esslinger. Hi, I'm Vanessa Esslinger. And, and this, this is, is our story. story. Vanessa and I met. Um, a, she was my next door neighbor's sister. And uh, we really didn't even like each other at first. No. In fact, um, I wasn't until about three years later that um, after I had joined the Navy, I was in the process of waiting to go to boot camp. And I asked her out on a date. And, uh, a very casual date. <laughs> he said, I'm bored. There's nothing really between us, and I figured we can go hang out. <laughs> and so <laughs> then we went on a date. And so and the rest is history. Ended up going off to uh, boot camp and then uh, got stationed here in sunny San Diego. And uh, from we got the, married when you graduated from boot camp. Yeah. The same day. The same day. So we got married at the courthouse and. I don't know about you, but I wanted a baby that night. But um, <laughs> they... Uh, they made me go back to the ship. Not the ship, but to the base. Yeah, so we, we didn't get to be together. And then I had to fly back home. And it was October before you came home. Yes. And that whole time, oh. that desire was in my heart. I want a baby. It was in both of our hearts. We yeah. wanted a baby. 
it wasn't until I think three and a half years into the relationship that we had been trying and trying um, to have a baby and to get pregnant that I made the decision and he okayed with it to he was okay with it to go see a doctor and see you know what's wrong with me that was the big burden I carried I I took it on my shoulders like something's wrong with me I'm defective um, I can't do what I was created to do and um, he would always tell me you know it's we're gonna have we're gonna have a baby and he had a name picked out for a boy and I always had a name picked out for a girl and it was hard to believe at times. It was hard to um, to trust that, that it was going to happen. And so about three and a half, four years in, I went and saw a doctor. And six months and a few thousand dollars later, I wasn't pregnant. A year goes by. We're now four and a half, five years, you know, four and a half years in. Um, I start injections, uh, hormone injections. And you're still coming in and out. The Navy, mm. you know, you were on deployment in and out during that time. And and every doctor visit we were pouring out money and every every time we would get you know the injection medicine that you needed um i remember it was 300 dollars a pop for that and she went in at least 20 times and said easy and we were pouring money out left and right and uh but which is still which is which is good but it it took a uh some finagling at work to um to be able to get you within the Navy medical system. And then the Navy started paying for all of it. Right. But yeah, even yet, they they still had a 16 month waiting list. And I just remember her and I praying a lot and and sharing, you know, first Samuel um, with Hannah, you know, and, and her struggle. And we could, we could relate, you know, we were relating to, to Hannah. And then also, you know, we just kept believing on uh, Ephesians 3.20, which says, To him who can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can think or ask. And so we kept standing on that one, too. And then I went on deployment for the second time. I was gone. And on the way back from deployment, Vanessa and I decided that we were going to buy a house. And so when I got back from deployment, and while I was on deployment, in fact, um, I saw Passion Life Church. Yeah. We were looking for a church up in uh, Marietta, Temecula area, and uh, and uh, that's how we started attending uh, the church. As soon as I got back, within a couple of weeks of getting back from from deployment, we started Passion Life Church. Our church family right away. Mm-hmm. I know there's some really key people that just started like speaking our son into existence. Almost they would. Although I started getting gifts for a baby that was not born. Actually, I remember we shared at a life group. Um, we just let ourselves be vulnerable and shared that desire and the hurt and the pain and the the time that it's taken and and our hope and our friends prayed with us and um probably six months later our name came up on the waiting list for the navy and we were about a week and a half out from starting the process to harvest the eggs Mm -hmm. And they said, take a pregnancy test because if you are pregnant and we do this procedure, you're gonna mis- you're gonna miscarry the baby. And I struggled with taking the test. I actually bought them at the dollar store because I was like, what's the point of wasting 13.97 on a test at Walmart when it's gonna be negative? <laughs> so I took the test. 
and I was actually pregnant. And so I drank a gallon of water within a 30 minute period so I could pee again just to make sure. <laughs> and it came back positive like immediately. It was a complete miracle because it was, it was a week shy of starting the process of harvesting eggs, of uh, doing in vitro. And, um, and I was already pregnant, you know, uh, without intervention, without medicine. It was just, it was all God mm -hmm. because um, we came to find out later actually how much of a miracle it is. Um, I'm lacking in some serious hormones and the doctors told me after I had the baby, like there's no explanation why you should have been able to carry a pregnancy. Um, you're missing, you know, progesterone and you can't hold a pregnancy. It's unexplainable. Um, so just a complete miracle. And on November 19th, 2015, our son, David, David Emmanuel, Emmanuel Esslinger, was born. born. Woohoo! <laughs> Hi, boys. Finally. Choo -choo -choo. Hi. Hi. This is our son. <laughs> it took seven long years um, of believing. And so, John and I, we just want to encourage you that whatever you're going through, whatever you're believing God for, don't give up. Don't give up on God. Continue to believe, continue to stand on his promises because um, miracles do happen and our son was worth the wait. <laughs>
But I want to tell you, I know where he stands with you. He sent his son to die on the cross for you. And he died on the cross to forgive you of all of your sins. And every time I say that, people always say, but you don't know what I've done. But I, can I tell you that whatever you have done is not greater than what Jesus did on the cross. Whatever you've done is not greater than what he has done. He died for the sins of humanity, past, present, and future. And I want to say this today. What you have done is not greater than what Jesus did for you. He died on the cross on Friday. And he warred against death, hell, and the grave. So you don't have to go there. And he rose again. And can I just say this this morning before we pray? God didn't want to experience heaven without you. He wanted you to have a relationship with him. And I want to pray this morning, and I want to invite you into this journey today. Maybe you're at step A today, and you need to go to step B. What is A? Today you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, to come inside your life and forgive you of all of your sins. Today you can experience the resurrection power. He's going to resurrect. He's going to help you overcome the addictions. He's going to help you overcome the bad attitudes. He's going to help you in the stressful moments of life. He is with you and he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. And so today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask, how many of you would say today, Pastor Phil, Please include me in this prayer. I need to invite Jesus inside my heart. I need to know today that I'm forgiven of all of my sins. I want to invite Jesus and this resurrection power to come into my life today. Would you just lift your hand up right where you're at? Because that power is made available to you. Just lift it up high for just a moment. I just want to know who I'm praying with today. God bless you. Look at all the hands. God bless you. This is what Easter is all about. Not just a celebration, but experiencing the resurrection of Christ. You may put your hands down. I'm going to say this prayer. And we're going to say it in faith. Let's pray this. Would you repeat after me? Say, Father God. Come on, say it loud. Father God. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus to die on the cross for me. Father God, forgive me of all of my sins. Today, I repent. I change my mind about you. Holy Spirit, come inside my heart. I receive the resurrection power of your spirit in my life, in Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord the best round of applause that we've given him all day? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com 